On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, a special Locked On crossover edition with the guys from Locked On Fantasy Hockey, getting you guys ready for this season for the Vancouver Canucks. It is Locked On Canucks, and it starts right now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Of course, I'm your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me on Twitter at underscore, that is underscore, process sports, P-R-O-C-E-S-S-S-P-O-R-T-S. That's both process sports underscore process sports where you can find me on twitter at process sports on instagram with an extra c in the process that's funny also i want to thank you for making locked on canucks your first listen of the day we are free and available wherever you get your podcast services also go to youtube type in locked on canucks hit the like and subscribe button to this video it is greatly appreciated all the support and i can't wait for this season to start and in in preface to that i spoke with Flip Livingston, and Steel Rodine, the guys from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Two great guys. It was a pleasure to join their show and talk about the Canucks and answer their questions and banter back and forth about what we think that are going to transpire for the Canucks this season. So I have that interview teed up for you guys right now. But before we get to that, I just want to say a few quick words about betonline.net, which is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this offseason. Find all the latest football league, football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check on, on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mo- <clears throat> head to the or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. As you can see, and if you are listening, Justin Pooney of Locked On Canucks has joined us, the Canucks expert. He's going to give us all the insight and information heading into this upcoming season for the Vancouver Canucks, where they might finish in the Pacific Division. We're going to get into every aspect of the Canucks roster, defense, goalies, and forwards. And I think that's where we need to start, Flip is the forward group, the forward core they have going into this upcoming season. I know that I want to talk about Elias Pettersson, and we're going to get to that. Mm. But, Flip, I'm going to throw it over to you because I know you want to talk about the big signing they just had with JT Miller. Thank you very much. Yeah, just in general, Justin, taking a look at this Canucks team, I think on the surface a lot of people want to say the weakness is the blue line. And digging into the stats last season, you know, shots allowed per game, goals against overall, they're actually in the top 10 in both categories. And looking at it, it looks like the offense ran a bit dry at times for them. Maybe a little top-heavy of a team. They make some additions. Ilya Mikhaev is brought in. A flyer from the KHL, Kuzumenko is brought in. A beast mode season from JT Miller. What I want to know is, do you think they've done enough in the offseason to make those additions to get enough offense out of this team, knowing that you're going up against such teams as the Edmonton Oilers who are going to score a ton of goals this season? Well, first of all, guys, I want to thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you but for going being right here. In, uh, absolutely. But jumping right into your, your question, I do. I definitely think the Canucks have done enough 
at least on the front end on mm. their, their forward group that they can now compete with uh, the Edmontons and the Calgary's and the LA's and the Vegas's uh, in that division. I think the Canucks forward group, their top nine is as good as any in the division. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the elite of the Western conference, the likes of Colorado, but it's a very deep group. And I think as we see, you know, with Stanley cup winners going forward, you need to have the ability to run four lines, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So of course, as you mentioned, the Canucks brought in Andre Kuzmenko from Russia, who was the biggest sought after free agent, the European free agent this summer. And he chose Vancouver, mm-hmm. right? He went to every, you know, every, you know, went through his tour across North America to end up choosing Vancouver, which was a huge, you know, a huge coup for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, Artemi Panarin or a Kirill Kaprizov type of guy. Yeah. But if he's just a, a notch below that, that would be absolutely stellar as well. I don't think he's going to be a Fabian Brunstrom, if you guys can remember that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three agent sign from you know, a while back. I don't think he's going to be that big of a bust, but I think he plays <laughs> a, a a game that, you know, he's not afraid to go into those tough areas. And, you know, if anybody on Canucks Twitter has seen, um, just through those practice videos and informal skates, you know, the skill mm-hmm. set is there. Yep. He has skill, but he also is not afraid to mix it up and go in the corners, go to the dirty areas, which will cross over very well into the NHL game, where, as you guys know, when the going gets tough, you got to go to those dirty areas. For and sure. score. I also love the Ilya Mikheyev signing. Um, the Canucks were not a very good penalty killing team at the beginning of the year. Um, they got improvement of Bruce Brujo, and I think having a speed burner like Ilya Mikheyev, who can you know put pressure on defense, get in on the four check, uh, can mm. create his own chance, would be a very, very important thing. And also, we're sleepy on the Curtis Lazar sign. Now, it might not be mm. much a fourth line center, but a fourth line center who can kill penalties is a very valuable asset for any team. Um, and as Canucks fans know, uh, we had a long list of you know over paying for a fourth line center, the likes of yes. Jay Beagle um, and stuff like that. So now having a guy in Curtis Lazar who can play, you know, some play some valuable minutes, win faceoffs, kill penalties, um, and play that kind of sandpaper game that Jim Rutherford has talked about how he wants this team to play. Have a bit of sandpaper. I like that a lot. Um, and yeah, I expect JT Miller to be JT Miller this upcoming season. Um, and maybe not score 99 points, but he'll be hovering <laughs> around a point per game and be the you know the JT Miller we all know and love. Yeah, great answer to all of that. And I'm gonna throw it back over to you, uh, Steele, in one sec. I just think with Kuzmenko, the prop the issue I have is, and he's an intriguing fantasy piece, the upside is there, is the sample size, the NHL game. You mentioned the grittiness. I'm intrigued to see what happens. Bottom line, because I think there's some pieces in this Canucks lineup that really make their attack offensively very balanced. That's why I do think you're gonna see more offense from them this season. And I do think you've got to keep your eye on some of these offensive pieces for a fantasy target steal. Let's hear your question your first question for justin though because i think this is going to be an interesting little one to have here there's lots going on with the canucks this season yeah there is a lot to talk about and especially with this forward group they have going the top nine like you said justin uh but i really wanted to talk about elias petterson because flip mm-hmm. and i have have gone back and forth with this guy uh butted heads a little bit you know production wise where we think he might go this upcoming season flip thinks he has a really high ceiling i think he's going to be consistent with what we've seen for his first four years in the NHL. And that's what I really wanted to talk about is the consistency of this guy. Cause he's a very skilled player. And from what I've seen so far in the first four years, 
is that consistency. You know, he's putting up 66 points back-to-back in his first two years, a career-high 68 last year. You know, he's still putting up the same amount of shots, blocks, and hits in every statistical category as, as well. But that's what I think is what I'm going to see from him this upcoming season as well. The consistency is there. I don't think he has that high ceiling uh, you know, in 2022-23 season of putting up potentially 75, 80 points. I still think he hovers around, you know, the, the high 60s or maybe even the low 70s. But the skill level is there from this guy, and he is going to be a, a top commodity in fantasy leagues. Oh, I'll flip this back towards you guys because I, like uh, I want to get your guys' opinion on Elias Pettersson. What do you, if, when you look at him, do you think he can project to be that number one A with a bullet center, or is he kind of like a buffer, like a one B, maybe two center? Uh, you think yeah, I, soda? I think Steele, I know what Steele wants to say. Yeah. And I think, you know, where he's landed 66 points, 66 points, 68 points. What intrigues me with this kid, though, when I watch him play, Justin, and this is why I want to kind of go with the former. I want to go with that 1A with a bullet. I think he has that in him. It's his shot. It's a little bit of his clutch performance. He gets hot, but then he is streaky. That's Mm -hmm. what he has to get out of his game is consistency. And I think if he can show up consistently and just really put up points, get out of his head a little bit, I think it might be between the ears a little bit with this young player. And that's why I don't want to give up on him so yet because he is only coming into his fourth full season. You know, some shortened ones with COVID. I don't think the book is out on him yet. And I want to lean with 1A with a bullet with that shot that he has. But I have a feeling Steele is going to disagree with me there. Yeah, you know... I think the skill level is there. He has a ton of talent, but I just don't see that he's going to be able to get that this upcoming season. I'm not saying it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think he has that potential. You know, same point to you when we talk about Tim Stutzla. He has that potential of getting there eventually, but I just don't think it's this season upcoming because of, again, the the consistency I've seen over the last four seasons from him. It's just the consistency. There, there hasn't been that extra step or that extra level I've seen from Pedersen so far, and that's why I think he still hovers around the high 60s, low 70 points this upcoming season. Okay. I just like I just like that Justin's throwing <laughs> questions back to us on our show where we're supposed to be asking him questions. This is why we bring on the other locked on hosts because they can also bring that fire content, people. Yeah, I just wanted to I, like I Elias Pedersen is such an intriguing player because you have sure. again you have people even the Vancouver Canucks fan base that are split on him. Is he? That guy, when he first broke in, people mm. thought that won the Calder Trophy. People thought, wow, this guy could be like, you know, Pavel Datsu type of thing, right? Is he that Whoa. type of – yeah, there was – I'm not – I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah no, no, there, I know what you're there, saying. There were people out there in Canucks Twitter that felt that he had skill set like Pavel Datsu, right? Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. we He's still only 23 years old. That's right? just it. Yeah. He's, he's still a young guy. Mm-hmm. And he talked about it last week about how – he just found confidence playing under Bruce Boudreau. And we saw that in the beginning of last year, this yeah. Canucks yeah. team, for a lack of better terms, just quit on Travis Green. Like, yes. They got to a horrible start and they just quit. Um, but once Bruce Boudreau kind of took over and kind of reignited it and there was a change, like this team was on a 100-point pace for that time mm-hmm. that Bruce Boudreau took over. And you saw Elias Patterson's game just get better and better and better. And when I see it, he's got some added motivation now to have a good season because his contract's coming up and he's next in line after Bo Horvat, but he's next in line to get paid. And he mm-hmm. saw what JT Miller did and he saw what JT Miller got paid. And he, I, I just knowing him and knowing the way he plays, he wants to be that, that guy for the Canucks. And I think as the Canucks go and 
they're going to go as Elias Pettersson goes. I agree. I think that, yes, JT Miller has been their best player for the last couple years, but we all know this team is going to be revolved on three players. Thatcher Demko, Quinn Hughes, and Elias Pettersson. As those three go, this team will go. And that is why this year, and I've said it as well, I need to see Elias Pettersson go from just being a nice, solid, young player to being that guy that, you know what, give me the puck when the game's online, get out of my way, and I'm going to do what I have to do. We've seen that from the likes of Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon. Now, I'm not saying Pedersen is in that realm because he's obviously not. Mm -hmm. But if he can be, you know, a top 15 player in the NHL, that is something that the Canucks can really build upon. Um, And I think he has the skill set to do it, but the confidence and being put in the right positions. Now, can he stay healthy? When he first came in the league, people thought, oh, he's too frail. He's going to get hurt. He's been rel- you know, he played 80 games last year. I think another yeah. full summer of him getting bigger and stronger will be a positive. And having JT Miller back that can, you know, he doesn't have to take those big zone faceoffs all the time, right? He has more offensive mm-hmm. freedom because we know JT Miller can play a two-way game. So I expect Elias Patterson to have a big, big season this year. Cause if he doesn't, the Canucks <laughs> playoff chances are going to take a hit. Well, you mentioned the top three fantasy options on the team. That's clear. Quinn Hughes, Thatcher, Demko, Elias Pettersson. There's some top op- some other options to look at. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about some prospects that you might want to take a risk on fantasy-wise. We're going to talk to Justin about what he predicts for the upcoming season for the Canucks. Thanks, Flip, for that sponsor of Bet Online. We absolutely love all the projections and, and odds we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about this before we hopped on here about the new projections of who's going to be the first coach potentially to be fired this upcoming season. That was yes. uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Sheldon Keith, but that's a completely <laughs> another episode to get into. Let's dive yeah. right back into uh, the Locked On Canucks expert, Justin Pooney, helping us out with some of the information, insight, and analysis of where the Vancouver Canucks are heading this upcoming season. And Flip, I think that's exactly where we need to go to is, Justin, where do you think the Vancouver Canucks finish at the end of the regular season? Because Flip and I have talked about this a little bit. Uh, We're pretty much in the same boat, and we'll give you our answer after, but where do you think Vancouver finishes? I mean, I think it's the playoffs. Um, When I look at the Pacific Division, right, I think Edmonton is the best team. Of course, they have Mm -hmm. the best player and the second best player in the division, right? Thank you. They also have assured uh, their. I, I'm not saying Jack Campbell is a number one Vesna caliber goalie, but he's going to be better than Mike Smith or Miko Koski. Agreed. Yes. Okay. Yes. They brought back Evander Kane. Um, I think you know the Oilers are the class of that division. Me too. Calgary for everything Cal- Calgary did this offseason. There was a wild offseason in Calgary. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yes, they got Huberdo and they got Uyghur and they brought, got Kadrian, but how are they all going to mix together with Daryl Sutter's system? I don't know. Right, they could be just as good as they were last year, but they might not be. My prediction is they're going to take a step back. Right, LA, LA kind of surprised everybody last year. Um, they're you know they kind of you know caught caught everybody off guard. What are they going to do this year? When now they're now the hunted rather than the hunter, basically. Mm. Right, um, Vegas. I don't know what's going to happen. Vegas, Vegas. <laughs> you know the injuries and just giving players away because of cap constraints. Yes, Jack Eichel is back healthy, but I have no idea what's going on in Vegas. The Canucks, the way I see it breaking down is there's Edmonton, Calgary, LA, Vegas, and the Canucks fighting for those last two spots in the Pacific Division. Yeah. Right? Do I think, would it surprise me if the Canucks come second in the Pacific? A little bit, but it wouldn't be shocking. Uh, The way I see it breaking down is when I look at the Western Conferences, I think 
Edmonton, Calgary, LA will take the first three spots, and the Canucks will slide into a wild card position. Um, I think, like you guys said, like this team has a very deep forward core. They have a number one goalie, which is mm. very helpful uh, when yes. you have a guy back there. That even though the, the, everyone can talk about the defense core not being the great, if you look at it, Oliver Ekman, Larson, and Tyler Myers, you know, we're a decent shutdown pair. Now they get paid a lot of money, and people look at that first and kind That's of critique true. them. But when you look at their ability to shut other lines down, it's not. It was not, you know, as bad as people project. Yes, the cap it kind of makes excuse people's value of it, but it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and you could thank Jim Benning for all that. You know, <laughs> I was wondering I, how long it was going to take for Jim Benning to come up, but I, I try point- my best not to think about Jim Benning anymore because yeah, seven point two million for Oliver Ekman Larson per year will make you want to do that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but when you have a forward group that they have and you have a number one goalie like that, it allows you to take a little more risk because you have, you know, there's a guy back there that can save your, you know what, when you, you know, want to take those risks. So I think the Canucks will be a wild card team. Uh, it depends on, I'm not going to get into playoff projections of who they match up with, but I think this team could make the playoffs and they're going to get off to a better start this year because there's a sense of continuity yeah. now. Um, and that's mm. huge. You know, all the guys yeah. are back in Vancouver practicing, yep. uh, doing these informal skates, which might not seem like a lot, but it is a lot because they're building that chemistry that they For need. Sure. So I expect the Canucks to come up with a hot start um, and play well this year. I think Steele and I are probably on the same page and I'll yeah. let him speak for himself in a second. Bruce Boudreaux's addition to this team, I think was obviously huge. It changed the culture in that room. It really also did change the way the team played on the ice. That was clear. So I think one full off season with Brucey, one full season now moving together. I think that's one of those, you know, intangibles that's going to be huge for the Canucks success this season, fantasy or otherwise, but you know, still, I want to ask quickly, and you know, I think you're we're on the same page for predictions, so I don't think we need to go back yep. down there unless you have something else. No, 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 we're on the same page. I'm I'm great with that answer. They're right gonna there. be fighting <laughs> it out for those two spots, like you said, those bottom two spots. But look, I look at the defense. I mentioned to you that I was impressed that they finished seventh and seventh least goals against last year. So I think there's some underratedness to the blue line core, but looking at who they do just cap friendly, who they have signed. Only six D-men under contract. I know also they're dealing with, you know, potential, you know, Tucker Pullman has an injury. But I look at this team and they're stacked with draft picks over the next three years. They have all of their draft picks over the next three seasons, except for a seventh rounder. Other than that, they have them all. So I could see this team maybe making a move in the early season. I don't know what you think, but I don't know if they have enough in that bottom pairings in Vancouver. But hit me with your take on that, Justin. They're going to keep their first-round picks, I think, because mm. um, I believe Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin want to build sustainable success here. You know, we've mm. seen, uh, you know, under the previous regime, I'm going to bring up Jim Benning again. Yeah. Um, when he first got in, like after post-Mike Gillis and, the, and that whole 2011 prime run kind of ended, you know, they added a couple additions and they went to the playoffs and it gave them false hope that, hey, this team's not actually that bad. And then mm. afterwards, it kind of fell off a cliff and they never were able to do the full-on rebuild. True. I think Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford, who have experience you know, building a championship team, well, not building, but you know, sustaining success in Pittsburgh and winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. For sure. I think they want to set up the long-term success. So I think they can keep you know, those first-round picks and you know, you know, build upon uh, the prospect pool, which apparently is very weak. But you know, they've done some nice free agent signings. So um, I don't see any first-round picks getting shuffled out. But okay. going to the defense, I've been a huge proponent on the Canucks 
offering PK Subban a PTO. Mm. He's a right. This is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm kind of getting at is I see some sort of move here. I don't know. It'll be more minor, but I see they need another body in the mix. Exactly. Uh, And I, PK Subban plays the right shot of defense. Yes. He's a big personality and people are going to think that he's, he's going to be highly motivated. This guy won a Norris trophy was the highest paid defenseman in the NHL at one point. You think he has a sense of pride that he wants to show everybody that I'm not done. He spent a couple of years in New Jersey, which we all know New Jersey right now is nothing to really be, you know, it's a place where careers somewhat go to die, right? Mm, they haven't done at anything. Times, so, yeah. It's changing though, but I hear changing. you. It's changing. They have a, they have a very nice pieces in New Jersey right now, but yep. if you get a highly motivated PK Subban, a guy who you're not going to be asking to be what he was in Montreal or even his first couple of years in Nashville, right, right, just a right. guy that can, you know, maybe play on your second unit power play can just play solid deep. If you get a player like that, that can help you out a lot. So I've been a huge proponent of the Canucks bringing in P.K. Subban, um, but we'll see. I mean, there has to be something. There has to be Mm. another body brought in somehow. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's exactly where I wanted to take this conversation as well, is that defensive core. And, you know, you kind of talked about uh, adding another body. Let's look at some of the guys they already have under contract Um, you know, I kind of want to look at this from a fantasy uh, overall general aspect for the Vancouver Canucks blue line, but looking at their blue line and and to what flip said as well, Quinn Hughes is obviously the top guy. He's ranked 50th on, uh, on fantasy draft list. Uh, you know, a a real good defenseman for any Mm -hmm. fantasy team, but once you get down to Oliver Ekman, Larson, Tucker Pullman, Travis Dermott, Luke, like the fact that Luke Shen is on, is playing with Quinn Hughes as the first pair defenseman just blows my mind. To me, it's absolutely ridiculous, but that's what we're trying to get at is there's not a lot of talent there to support Quinn Hughes and that forward group. Can Vancouver really Vancouver as well as Thatcher Demko, you know, can they depend on that blue line to really stand strong in front of them? That's a million dollar question. Can it? <laughs> Can it? That's why I, we have you on, Justin. I, I, like I said, like you brought up Luke Shen. Uh, Luke Shen, you know, you know, he's really turned. He was a top top lottery pick back in the day with the Leafs, and he's really yeah. formed out a nice career being a depth defensive. That's what he's a depth defensive. He's yeah. not supposed to be playing with Quinn Hughes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this defense. It's kind of like <laughs> you ever see that meme online where there's that, that Bugatti parked outside of like a a, like a <laughs> that smaller you know house that doesn't look like it's yeah kitchen. yeah Quinn Hughes is basically like that <laughs> formed out yeah. of a bunch of stuff right well said he's the Bugatti amongst the Priuses here exactly and yeah, I, I got you, you. Like, speak on a fantasy aspect right Quinn yeah. Hughes just broke the Canucks point record for defense but I expect to break it again this year right yeah. I want to see – he was at 68 points last year, I believe. Um, yeah. And I want to see him – I'm not going to say he's going to put up a Roman Yossi-type numbers this next season. But again, him with Elias Pettis, I need to see them take that jump to the next level. Mm. It's as simple mm. as that. It's time yep. for these guys. They're entering their prime. Be like, you know what? This is our team, our franchise. Take that next step. Um, I hear you. I, I don't know. If if Tyler <laughs> Myers and all was going to play just, just – if. The way I always say if, about a defenseman is that like a depth defense. If you don't speak of their name, that means they're doing a good job. So if we're not hearing from Tyler Myers or Oliver Ekman Larson, Tucker Pullman, or Luke Shea, if we're not hearing from them on a on a game to game basis, there's something going right, right? If, uh, yeah. if we don't hear their names, <laughs> if we don't speak of them, then that means they're doing something right. So yeah, um, it is an issue that has to be addressed. Um, who knows what's going to happen, but. 
um, I think if they can hold up and they can just, you know, play smart and don't try too much and let Quinn Hughes do his thing, uh, they should be all right. There's a lot of ifs and a lot of could yes, bees with yes, these situations. Yes. And that, it just means they're on a, on the bubble. And that's the fact with this team right yeah. now. And there's a couple of things here that I want to get to, you know, before we let you go, Justin, and make sure you go and check out Locked On Canucks and Justin Pooney on Twitter, YouTube, all across where you find your favorite content. You can find Locked On Canucks and Justin. Want to show you that love. I have a couple of questions that I want to get to to wrap it up after the break, but also about Luke Shen. We're just a bit jaded <laughs> as Leafs fans with Luke Shen. Oh, you so guys are Leafs see- fans. You- Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh it's, man, it's, I wish yeah, I knew before. I wish I knew before. I had all, nah, I had all my be all my ammunition. Just, ready Justin, to go. we'll save it for another episode. I like <laughs> your I like your style, so we'll have you back on. You can trip us about that. But I gotta talk about some young players after the break, and I need to ask you about Brock Besser. But why don't you take us to the break, Steel? Yeah, thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Don't forget we are free and available on all podcast platforms, which also includes YouTube. So make sure you hammer the subscribe, hammer the follow button. Thank you so much, Flip, and I appreciate all the support. And while you're at it, go check out Locked On Canucks as well with the expert Justin Pooney. Make sure you subscribe and follow his channel as well. Flip, I'll throw it right back over to you for your last couple of questions. Thank you very much, Steele. When I look at this roster, Justin, I talked about intriguing names. Two of them that jump off the page for me, Vasily Podkolzin, that's number one. And number two, and I know he's dealt with some injuries and I'm not really sure what his future is this year, but Nils Hoglander as well. Two names that I know get thrown around a lot on Canucks Twitter for varying reasons. By the way, Canucks Twitter, very spicy place to be. So tread carefully when you're into those waters, especially if you're another Canadian fan of another Canadian team. That's number one. But number two, I need to know, are there some, is there a name, a young player that you maybe have your eye on to maybe make a step forward this season. It could be those names I mentioned. It could be otherwise. Is there a young name that maybe fantasy cats out there might want to take at the very back end of their keeper draft, stash? Is there a young player you like that's up and coming that you think is about to make an impact? Absolutely. You just mentioned him, Vasily Podkolzin. Um, Vasily Podkolzin, again, you look at the stats, he didn't have – a mind-blowing rookie mm. season, but he showed the ability he could score goals, right? He showed Agreed. the ability he can, you know, he can play the NHL game. And for a young guy coming from Russia, we all know it's a bit of an adjustment period. Well, the one thing that really impressed me was his ability to adapt to the North American culture. At the beginning of the year, you know, we didn't really talk to the media, but at the end of the season, he talked to the media without a translator, right? And of course, on the Canucks have added Ilya Mikheyev and Andre Kuzmenko, two other Russians that... yes. As we all know, you know, it gives them a, a comfort blanket. Like, hey, like these yep. guys, we can all go through this together. I think Vasily Podkolzin is going to, by the end of this season, be playing consistently in the top six, consistently getting opportunities to play in the offensive end, and potentially even getting some second unit power play time. I will definitely, definitely, for all you fantasy owners out there, if you have the opportunity, take a flyer on Vasily Podkolzin because the skill is there. The opportunity will be there. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you this, the kid has an absolute dynamic work ethic and Thank it you. will pay you off for you. Thank you so, so <laughs> much, Justin. I love when we have these local experts on and their opinion lines up basically exactly with mine. Hey, if it differs, that's okay too. That's what we're here for. But I feel the same. I don't know. I've been trying to peg some of these guys that other GMs might sleep on. Pod Colson last year, 14 goals, 12 assists, not jumping off the page. 
but he had four game-winning goals. He can score when it matters. He does a little bit of everything offensively that I like, the dynamic you mentioned. Steele, unless you have another question, though, I want to finish it off with my topic of Brock Besser, unless you have another question for Justin. No, I think Brock Besser is a perfect conversation to end this episode perfect, on. Because speaking of predictions, I had Brock Besser as my one of the under the radar bounce back, maybe sleeper type candidates for this season. He talked a lot in the offseason about the impact of the loss of his father, his mental health last year. These are real impacts that can change their ability to produce on the ice. He was also injured. And in 71 games last year, he still puts up 20 plus goals, 20 plus assists. I think Brock Besser is in the mix with all the good players to make him elite again in terms of goal scoring. Do you think he can crack 30-plus goals this year? Does he bounce back? I sure hope so he does. Um, <laughs> as, as you mentioned, like uh, Brock Besser went through a lot uh, over mm-hmm. the last year. You know, Not only his injury, but dealing with his father's deteriorating health and, of course, his father eventually passing. Yes. Um, and he spoke about that. You know, We saw the emotional mm-hmm. uh, press conference at the end of last season. Just saw... Just how it was all kind of it all just came out. You know, he's been ball, was balling in all year, and it just all came out at the end. Um, I think, you know, the contract situation got done in the off season. He got the new deal. Um, he was able to, you know, mourn the loss of his father, and he's not dealing with any injuries. Able to just come into Vancouver, come back into camp. And the first time in a while, because you know he's gone through contract yeah. disputes before. He's yeah. gone through injuries. Just having the ability now to start the season on a proper fresh slate coming into the training camp coming into the preseason no contract questions no you know family situations over top of his head just mm-hmm. brock besser coming into vancouver to play hockey at a high level and you know he's going to be on that number one line with jt miller and elias petterson um do i you had probably one of his when you looked at brock besser last probably his worst season right and he still got over 20 goals Mm-hmm. I think having a motivated Brock Besser, I projected he would get anywhere from 28 to 32 goals. That's where mm-hmm. I kind of see him kind of, yeah. you know, fitting in. If, if he can get, you know, to 28 around that 30 goal mark um, for what he's getting paid, that's good value. And then for fantasy owners that want to take him, you know, probably in like a mid to late round pick, then definitely, right? Yeah. Um, so I definitely expect a bounce back here from Brock Besser. Um, and I think all of Canucks – Twitter. We don't agree much with each other in a Canucks nation. We don't agree much. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, yeah. very spicy, very, you yeah. know, a lot of, a lot of animosity. We fight with yes. each other a lot, but I think we could all can agree that one player we want to see succeed this year is Brock Besser. Yes. He's gone through so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see Brock Besser have a good year this year. I think he'll do it. We'll see what happens. Lots to come. And we are going to continue to do these looks into some of these top teams that we think you can just farm for fantasy content. Lots of good options on the Canucks. We're going to be talking to Avalanche hosts, Oilers hosts, and others. Lots of guests coming up this week. Big shout out to Justin Pooney. Thank you so much for joining us today, brother. Thank you guys for having me. And hopefully next time we can talk about the Leafs because uh, I'm a lot of ammunition <laughs> on the Leafs. We'll see. We might need yeah. to talk a wobbly popper too. Hey, that Absolutely. would that would be a great conversation to have uh, <laughs> jumping into the locked or you know jumping into the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, some conversations Flip and I have gone through, but thank you uh, out there so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen. Three Locked On channels you need to go follow and subscribe: Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, Locked On NHL, and of course Locked On Canucks, hosted by Justin Pooney. Make sure you go subscribe and follow all three of those channels and the Locked On Podcast Network as well. 
Again, thank you so much for all the support out there. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I and our special guest, Justin. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. And welcome back to Locked on Canucks. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. It was great talking to those guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Locked on Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Those guys are doing some great work. Um, Check them out. Uh, They're great guys. They are Leaf fans, as we did mention. But I'll let it slide. They are great guys. And I can't wait to hopefully talk to them again about fantasy hockey and just, you know, hockey in general as the season progresses. Because they know their stuff. They know what they're doing. Um, and they're just great guys to talk to. So and hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. There will be more crossovers coming down the line. Uh, tomorrow we'll dive into the ending of the Young Stars Tournament in Penticton, some final thoughts about that, get you prepped for training camp. Of course, we will take a look at the Canucks' third line going forward. So that will be exciting. I can't wait. Um, so thank you again for making Locked On Canucks your first listen every day. Your next step to listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily NHL podcast. All right, guys. Take care. Stay safe. And I will talk to you uh, tomorrow.